Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Could that be true in our churches? Could it be that people all over the world are meeting today in a church and they're going through a form and a ritual and there's no fruit, there's no life? Yes. Why? Because this isn't being taught. But when it's taught, there's faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And we now start, man, God can do anything. Absolutely He can do anything. Nothing's impossible for God. What is the source of your faith today? Scripture teaches that true faith is only developed from time spent in the Word of God. Today, Pastor Mark will teach listeners the importance of being in God's Word and allowing it to strengthen and supply your faith. Sometimes it can be easy for your faith to swing back and forth based on emotions or situations in life. If you allow the Bible to be the backbone of your faith, then it will be grounded in truth that never wavers. Ask yourself today, where does my faith come from? If it's not centered on God's word, then make a change to soak yourself in it. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he continues his message entitled, Get Real. I remember when I was raised in, uh, I was raised in Detroit, and uh, you know, when I was raised in Detroit, we had faith that General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler would always be the top three in the world. What do you think today? We could have never imagined that no longer are any one of those the top maker of cars in the world. Who today? Toyota. See, so you're going to base your faith on your IRA and the company you're working for? Careful. We've seen how many people. Company closes, your retirement's gone. So our faith has to be in God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now, what is this deal with mountain-moving faith? The Jesus he says, notice what he says up there. He said, you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. Well, if he doesn't lie, what does that mean? Is he like looking at this mountain over here going, just say, go, okay, let's, let's try it. Okay, one, two, three. Bend the mountain. No, it was a common saying in those days. It wasn't about moving a mountain at all. What it simply meant is, if there's something hindering what God wants to do in your life or in the life of another person, it's like a mountain. You can say to that mountain, be removed, and as it's removed, great things for God will be done. Do you get it? If I couldn't get to you because of this little podium, and you were dying, 
And I needed to do CPR on you or whatever. And I couldn't get there. The, removing this mountain so I could do a good thing for God is what he's talking about. He's not talking about a physical mountain. He's talking about that which is in front of us that keeps us from doing great things for God. Now, why is he saying that? Get this. He's talking to his 12 disciples. And he says, basically, if you have faith because you're a real follower, you're going to do great things for God. They don't even know what that means. But he's saying that to you today. If you're a real follower, you're going to have fruit, and you're going to, have faith, you're going to do great things for God. But why was he saying it to his disciples? Here's why. Back in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, we have an interesting picture. God comes to Abraham, just picks him at random. Of course, he knew. And he says to Abraham, you're going to start a nation. It's going to be called the nation of Israel. There was no nation before that. And he says, I'm going to use the nation of Israel for a number of things. One... I'm going to give that nation my word, keep it, write it down. They did, Old Testament, wonderful. Then he says, from that nation is going to come, well, man's solution to man's greatest problem. It's Jesus Christ. He's going to come from the lineage of David, from the nation. But then he said, by the way, he said to Abraham, through you, all the world is going to be blessed. Through one man, his faith. And it says, Abraham believed God. He believed God enough to leave his place and go to the land that began, became the land of Israel. But what was one of the other keys for the nation of Israel? Watch me. Let's just say I'm Abraham and you're all the people of the world at that time. You all have, and in Vera as well, you have many gods that you worship. Sun, moon, stars, men, idols, pigs, animals, whatever. You worship him. Abraham worshiped what? The one true God, Yahweh. So the purpose of the nation of Israel was to go, was to go and say to all of you by their lifestyle and how God treated them, you can know the one true God. He's the creator of everything. In the beginning, God. And you can know him and be blessed by him. We're proof of that. Well, initially that was true. But what happened to the nation of Israel? That was to be light and salt and bring the world to trust this one true God. What happened to the nation of Israel? Instead of worshiping the one true God, what did they begin to do? Many gods. Worship false gods. Worship all kinds of false things. They became as bad as the pagans. And now in Jesus' time, you went to Jerusalem. Jesus says, It's dead. It looks like religion. Tastes like religion. It is religion. It's dead religion. There's no power. There's no life. They think they know me. They don't even have a relationship with me. I don't even know the Jewish people. So he says to the disciples, the nation of Israel, and by the way, you 12, you're part of it. By and large, it's failed. So guess what I'm doing? Watch this. This is the nation of Israel. Jesus says, in a few days after I go to the cross, about 40 days afterward, the nation of Israel is going to be put aside. They can't be a witness anymore. Well, who's going to witness then? Who's going to be light and salt? These 12. The church. You and I. And so he says to these 12, in a few days, you're going to need mountain-moving faith Because there's going to be lots of obstacles to presenting Jesus Christ to a world that doesn't believe, let alone in God, but in his son. But if you have faith, 
That mountain can be moved, listen, and you will do great things for God. Now you say, is that going to happen? Did it happen? Watch what happens. Take your finger and move right over to Acts chapter 3 quickly. We're going to go there very quickly. Acts chapter 3. Since Israel failed, they were fruitless, false advertising. God says to his disciples, you're going to be. You're going to be my witness. You can reach the nations of the world. You can be fruitful. Well, you know what happens. Acts chapter 3, I'm going to go through it very quickly. Peter and John go up to the temple. There's a crippled man there that's been crippled forever. He asks for some money. Peter, in verse uh, 6, says, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of, not Peter, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the hand, verse 7, he helped him up, and what's the next word? Instantly. Hello? Jesus said to the tree, be dead. And what happened? Instantly, it was dead. Peter says to the man, be healed. And what? Instantly, he was healed. And he goes through and he begins walking and jumping and praising God. All the people see this. They go, what's happening? They begin to rush and they get around Peter. And they go to Pete, what? what's the deal with this? And look what Peter does in verse 12. He's pretty shy. Watch this. Peter says to all these Jewish people, he says to the men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk? No, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. Oh, by the way, you handed him over to be killed. And by the way, you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. And number three, you disowned the holy righteous one. And number four, ask that a murderer be released to you. And number five, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we're witnesses of this. That's pretty benign, isn't it? Slice, 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 cut, cut, what? Nothing left. Look at verse 16. By, tell me, what's the next word? By faith, in the name of a church, in the name of a pastor, in the name of an apostle, not at all. By faith, in the name of Jesus, the man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. So a mountain was removed. A mountain of unbelief was removed, and this man is healed instantaneously. Now notice, where is he healed? Very important you see this. He's healed outside the temple. Where do you think he would normally should have been healed? Inside the temple. But why not? Because there's no fruit inside the temple, because it's dead religion. Could that be true in our churches? Could it be that people all over the world are meeting today in a church and they're going through a form and a ritual and there's no fruit? There's no life? Yes. Why? Because this isn't being taught. But when it's taught, there's faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And we now start, man, God can do anything. Absolutely he can do anything. Nothing's impossible for God. Whatever you're facing this morning, nothing is impossible with God. He can do it. And our faith is raised. This isn't the end of the story. Turn to Acts chapter 4. One more chapter. Verse 4. Quickly. 4-4. Look at this. 
But many who heard the message, in other words, the message that Peter just preached, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. You see, days before, there was 3,000 saved. Because of this one mountain-moving miracle, what happens? 2,000 more people get saved. Israel, as a nation, had never seen that. just wasn't happening. Temple wasn't happening. Changed lives weren't happening. The only people that changed in Israel was when John the Baptist came and when Jesus came. But now Jesus is gone. Understand, the mountain of unbelief had been removed. The disciples were doing great things for God. There was faith and there was fruit all over the place. Fruit Godly witness changed lives. That's what God wants for us. That's why he was saying to these disciples, if you have faith, it'll happen. Now, back to Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Here's a danger. Here's a danger. This verse is so misunderstood. I'm going to go through it very quickly. I think you'll get it. Jesus ends his teaching with this. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I like that. Do you like it? Those of you looking for a a husband, Christian and rich, you like this verse? Praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, you're you're not even excited, but now your hand's raised. You're glorifying God, jumping and praising God. Hallelujah. Look at this verse. Whoa, circle this baby. Some of you are driving an old Datsun. And you can see Lexus written all over verse 22. Praise God. It's coming. It's coming. Well, what does it really mean? Is it an open-ended prayer? No, not at all. You see, verse 22 assumes what Jesus did everywhere he taught. That God only answers prayer when they're in the harmony with the will of God. So number four, you want to write this down. A real Christ follower prays real believing prayers based on God's will. You see, answers to prayer don't come like, I'm sorry to say, you'll hear in many television religious programs today. It's called the prosperity gospel. You can have whatever you want. Just ask for it. God will give it to you. You can be rich. You can have multiple, whatever. God's never into that jazz. That's false advertising. And people are destroyed because of this prosperity gospel. Understand what Jesus says here. Answers to prayer come from a Christ follower that prays through prayer. Prayers that are in line with God's will. Now, who? let me, let me show you how this works very quickly. Very, very simple for you to understand it. Who did Jesus give this incredible promise to? Who was he speaking to? Tell me. His disciples. What is his disciple? A disciple is a follower of Christ. Well, how do you follow Christ? Jesus had already told them. Number one way you follow Christ, and this this solves the whole thing for you. This isn't an open-ended contract. How do you follow Christ? The number one thing you do is you, number one, you deny self. Then you take up your cross, which means his will overrules your will, and you follow him. Did my Lexus just go out the window? Am I single for the rest of my life? Are going to have to marry that ugly guy that I really don't care for? No, God still loves to give us the desires of our heart, and he will. Don't misunderstand. But the open-endedness is gone. 
This is for disciples, followers. Listen, listen, look at me. Vieira, look at me. If I'm a Christ follower, if you misunderstand this principle, your life will be miserable. I want, even though sometimes I don't, because I'm not perfect, I want always God's will for me. I don't even know what it is, but I want his will for me. Why? Because his will for me is always best. If, if you never understand that, and you want to kind of twist God and take his arm, and, God, this is what I want over here, you'll be miserable your whole life. And you'll fall for this phony stuff, this prosperity thing. Well, I'm going to become a Christian because I get the good-looking guy. I can have this hope, three, bone, uh, three boats in the, and a yard and a Lexus. Who wouldn't? Every, the whole world would become a Christian. Jesus didn't promise that, but he promised a lot of good things. Here's another thing you want to write down. Real faith must always be based on a command or promise for God. You see, you just don't determine what you want. You pray for God's will. We can know his will. If you have faith in an area and say, I want this, and it's not God's will, then it's simply not going to happen because it's presumption. Notice John 15, 7. If you remain in me... And my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Notice. Notice. Look at the verse again. Vieira, look at the verse. If you remain in me. See, that relationship, the vine and the branch. The branch is being fed by the vine. It's not the other way around. The branch doesn't say to the vine, move over here, do this, do this, move that. No, the vine is in control. And it's wonderful being the branch. Because without him, we can't do anything. So it's a beautiful relationship. Understand the freedom of all of that. Now, here's a fact that most of us forget quickly. <laughs> Matthew 6, 8. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. Did you know that God this morning knows what you need before you even ask him? But we're still supposed to ask. But it's not to inform God of our needs. He already knows. The purpose of prayer is not to get what I want by trying to influence God. The purpose of prayer is for me to discover God's will and line up with it. That's the joy of a relationship. That's the joy of knowing that believing prayers are rooted rooted in the word of God. This is where I find the word of God for me and the will of God for me. It's right here. I know the principles. For instance, let me give an idea. You say, well, can I turn to Colossians 3.8 and it'll tell me the name of the... Colossians 3.8. You will marry Jerry. He's 5'10". He's born in 1927. That's for you a little older and going to be married again. Can you turn there and find that? No. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm praying for God's will. Good. What are you doing? Oh, I'm dating. How, who are you dating? Well, I'm dating this guy. Man, is he incredible. Great income, personality plus. Does he love the Lord? Well, not yet, but I'm working on that. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. Is God going to answer that prayer? No, he's not going to answer prayer. Why? Because you can't marry an unbeliever. Well, I'm not married yet. If you're not careful, you will be. And you'll become another divorce statistic. No, you have to marry a believer. So so the principles in the word of God are there. By the way, let me just throw out something to remind you. Because when we think of, ask anything you want, man, it's mine. As you get older, you discover this truth even more. And I'm older. I'm not old, but I'm older. 
If you think so, follow me around for a week. See what happens. Life does not consist, Balmer translation, in the abundance of stuff. It just doesn't. It's people and it's God. And it's enjoying life. I'm going to leave you with these verses. They're powerful. You see them there. Psalm 37, 4 and 5. They say this. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Vieira, notice it doesn't start. God will give you the desires of your heart. Then you can delight yourself in the Lord. No. It starts with God and God changes the desires of my heart. He said, what if my heart isn't for this? Then God will change it. Look at verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. The hard part for us is verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. I've disobeyed that before, and that's when I get in trouble. I don't wait for God. Well, I guess, God, you're not going to answer, so I'm just going to take that as a yes and move ahead. Anybody here ever done that? Yeah, I always have to backpedal. It's very painful. Notice this statement. Real believing prayers require expectancy. You see, when I prayed last night for the service, when I prayed for the first service this morning, when I prayed for this service, here's what I expect. I expect in the next few moments people to come and make a a profession and a commitment to Jesus Christ. You know why, why I believe that? Because it's the will of God. Do you know what the will of God is? None will perish. And then the Bible says this, anyone that comes to him, God won't turn away. So I have great expectation. No, I don't know who in a few moments will come. That's up to God. And mostly, it's up to you. Because he's already been at your door. But see, we need to be people of expectancy. There was a story. It was in a church, and the town was in a drought. Obviously, not central Florida. The people were called to prayer. So all these people from different churches came to the big church, and they began praying. And they were there praying for rain. The pastor looked out, and he was so excited. Because on the first row was a teenage girl sitting like this. Now that's believing faith. Amen? You see, she didn't come just to go through a form. God, bring rain. Bring rain, God. She expected when she left the building, God was going to have rain. Amen? That's what God wants to do in your life, in my life. He wants to change you this morning. It's time to stop being who people think you are. And it's time, finally, today, to have your sins forgiven. You see, nobody goes to heaven automatically. You choose heaven or hell. Do you believe that nothing inside of God's will is impossible if you have real faith? Today, Pastor Mark spoke on the power of a Christ follower who needs real, believing, faith-filled prayers. Real believing prayers aren't just better with expectancy, they require it. If you're communicating with God but doubt His ability and desire to meet your needs, you aren't praying a real prayer. Don't put God in a box. Trust in His power today. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. 
We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Who can enter the kingdom of God? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us that before we can answer that question, we must first answer who has such authority. God is the only one who decides how his kingdom is attainable. Therefore, the rest of your life and decision-making stems from whether you submit to or rebel against his rules. Don't try it out any other way. Place your faith only in him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is given